Good morning, people. So my name is Alyssa. I'm here with Miss Conci, the teacher we all know and love. And we are here to make a podcast um, for our social studies service learning project. So the name of our project is Venezuela Support Network. Go check out our social media, VS Network on Instagram. And to summar summarize it all up, we are a group of three girls, me, Alisa Shiro, Carolina Oerzeld, and Maria Clara Ono from ninth grade. And our project aims on helping the immigrants from Venezuela here in Brazil, as they do still suffer many problems, even though many of us are unaware of it. So we have four sub-projects inside our bigger project. The first one being this podcast, we, we will talk more about different topics about the issue, though we just want to raise awareness to this topic. The second one is our Q&A, which will happen next week, Monday 10th, um, 4.30, and it's going to happen on our Instagram, so go check it out. And it will be hosted by one of our members, Maria Clara, with our guest speaker, Arthur Dias from Fraternidade Sem Fronteiras, who we are partnering with. And third, we have a raffle. And fourth, a petition to the government of Curitiba. To go check more, to go check out more about the projects, go to our Instagram, VS Network. So um, now let's start with our podcast. So the first question, our topic is, have you heard about the humanitarian crisis concerning Venezuelan immigrants? So basically, if you know anything about the issue or any knowledge you have about it. Okay, so first of all, thank you very much, Alisa. Thank you very much, Maria Clara, and also Carolina for this special invitation. It's such a pleasure to be here and to be part of this project with all of you girls. Yes, I have already heard of this crisis before. Unfortunately, this is something that has been affecting Brazil not uh, uh, recently, but lately, I would say, especially because we know uh, that it has a lot to do with the kind of government uh, Venezuela has. And unfortunately, all of the developments that uh, the population of Venezuela has been suffering because of this government. Unfortunately, we don't see that democracy is something that uh, the government seems to be kind of really concerned about. And the population, because of that, you know, tries, of course, to look for new places in order to settle down their families, you know, their daughters, their sons, you know, in order to look for a job, in order to look for money, in order to maintain their families, you know. And even if we are not talking about a declared war, this is exactly what it seems to be happening over there. Because the crisis, of course, is completely social. And recently, more than ever, it has a lot to do with the COVID pandemic. Um, I believe that uh, anyone, anywhere in a situation like that, where you just realize your family doesn't have enough conditions to go and have uh, uh, a quality life, uh, even with the bare necessities kind of attended, of course, you are going to look for a better place for you and your family to go. And this is exactly what has been happening to our, our neighbors here, to the Venezuelan people, because of of course, as they see that the borders between Venezuela and Brazil are so close, up there in Roraima, 
especially in the city of Pacaraima. You know, they just cross the border and they just kind of uh, come into the city, kind of looking for quality life, looking for a job, looking for the schools, looking for health, uh, looking for so many things that, as I just said before, are going to be their bare necessities. You know, it's something that uh, as a richer and more organized country that we are, I know we do have our problems, but if we do compare our reality to the reality that we just see in Venezuela, I believe we are a kind of country that, yes, we have many more conditions to help them than the opposite. You know, so yes, unfortunately, I have heard about that before, and I do show empathy for this cause. Yeah, it's very sad to see so many people because um, in our research, we discovered that the numbers are way higher than we ever imagined. And Brazilian, the Brazilian government does indeed try to help them. However, it's such an overflow of people that it fails in many of the areas it tries to help, such as shelter, food, education, hygiene projects, and among many others, even in the work areas. Some, some numbers for us to have an idea. So in Brazil, there's about 263,000 immigrants and 32,000 of them die in Brazil when trying to pass the border, which is already extremely sad. Um, and just the, to imagine that all those people go to Horaima, <laughs> that is not the most stable, state by itself um, it's just too many people so because of that they end up suffering a lot because they don't have room for all of them and many of them end up leaving on the streets because I believe it's only 13 or um, 15 under shelters and they are already overloaded so we don't have space for all of them and it's only about a third of them we are able to give shelter and food and education so our next question is, concerning what you have seen in the media, what is happening to those immigrants here in Brazil? So basically, do you know about any of the problems they face in Brazil um, after they have already passed the borders? Yeah, I know that the people who live in Pacaraima, which is the city kind of next to the borderline, you know, they, I think in the beginning, they were kind of accepting those people a little bit better because they did understand that it was a kind of social and humanity attitude to help them with that. But as time passed by, unfortunately, not every person who crossed the borderline coming to Brazil and looking for a job and looking for education and looking for housing and looking for the bare necessities, as I just said before, not all of those people are going to find exactly what they are looking for. And unfortunately, we had some problems uh, that in Pacaraima uh, in relation to people robbing, people stealing, people, uh, of course, working in the end as uh, somebody who's going to be harmful to society. And of course, Brazilians were kind of, oh, oh, oh why do we have to accept those people here if they are not coming here in order to make the most of it? They are just coming, coming here to kind of uh, 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 hurt our society in order to steal what we have, in order to rob whatever we don't have sometimes. So what I do know is that in the beginning, 
Brazilians who live up there were accepting the thing much better than they are accepting it right now. You know, as you mentioned, yes, all of those asylums and 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 special places designated to kind of hold those people and give shelter to those people are completely crowded, you know? So what not only the Brazilian government could do, but something that uh, we have been hearing from the capital, Boa Vista, you know, and uh, also from, from people who live in Pacaraima, is that we should be sending these people in fact, not sending, but we shouldn't be keeping these people only in Pacaraima or only in Boa Vista. You know, there are so many other states in Brazil where those people could be sent to, you know. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm not going to say richer areas only in terms of money, but also other areas who could be kind of a little bit more prepared in order to receive, in order to give shelter, in order to give education, help, uh, medical assistance, whatever all of those people need, you know. But we have other states in Brazil where those people could be sent to. I do not understand uh, Roraima or just the state of Roraima or only the capital Boa Vista or only Pacaraima being responsible for all of those people. I understand that if this is, uh, this is something that Brazil is kind of willing to help, I understand that all of us should be involved, even we here in Southern Brazil. Why not? You know, so they could be directed here. And I believe, uh, as a as a as a as a human thing and as a, as part of a social um, problem that all of us are facing because this is not a problem only in Venezuela we know many parts around the world many countries around the world sometimes suffer with that you know and if other countries have the ability have the power have the the possibility of helping, again, I would ask, why not? But this, this is not a responsibility for the government of Roraima only. I think all of us should be included and we are able to do that, for sure. I totally agree, especially because Roraima isn't Brazil. Like Brazil is made of all the states and we, I believe we should all help each other in crisis because um, of course, very many every states, Paraná itself, um, could hold many people. And in fact, I believe it actually does because in our research, we also found that there are Venezuelans in 12 states of Brazil. And there's also an organization in Paraná that actually does a great job accepting immigrants. Um, but however, for example, Pernambuco, they also try to guarantee the immigrants in general to have the equal rights that they originally don't have. And many states, they do try to take in. And however, um, they, there are still many that do live in the streets, as I said before. And just like you said, they end up going to the same um, ladder, social ladder that they were in Venezuela. Of course, it's not as dangerous, dangerous or fatal as it was um, or aggressive in Venezuela. However, um, being a family, trying to run away from that, um, being hopeful to find a better life for themselves or a life they had before, because many of them were lawyers, they were doctors, and they were pushed down. Why? Be not because they were unorganized, but just because the government decided to do so. So they needed to run away. And when 
coming here and being not being given that it's just they didn't have another option so of course robbing stealing isn't right they shouldn't be doing that but when a person doesn't have another option um it's very difficult to debate what is right and what is wrong in certain situations so and and for example brazilians we believe that we are helping however there are many work fields that actually explore the situation and take advantage of that because they need the money so badly. So um, we have some numbers to back up this information, but in general, um, they have a certain percentage working on engineering. Um, but they get minimums lower than the minimum salary and they are explored by doing more work than that. So that is very unfair to them. And many Brazilians, um, of course, I don't want to say the Brazilians, but many Brazilian organizers, they take advantage of their situation because of that. And it's just a cycle. So I'm not sure how we should deal with it because there are many people that believe that that's the right thing to do. Um, but I honestly don't believe that pushing down people that are looking for a better life just because you can, I don't see how people can go to sleep at night thinking that that is right and taking advantage of so many immigrants that are just trying to not starve. So yeah, that is definitely a delicate topic. This is not this is not even living this is surviving and when you are in the in the in this line right in between living and surviving you know the difference is that usually you are starving usually you just can't attend what your body needs in order to keep alive you know so yes i think we should see further we should help further we should go further it's yes, definitely. It's cruel to see people just take advantage of people that are trying to bring food to babies to their kids because they can't find it themselves. So um yeah, that brings up to our next topic because as we we've seen, there are many problems they suffer in healthcare, we suffer in housing, in education, in the work field. So what, in your opinion, would be the biggest problem that Venezuelan people are facing here in Brazil? I think as if I, if I would imagine myself in a situation like that, I think the biggest thing that the families should be offered in order to restart they're living again is a job. Once they have a job and once they are able to work, they are able to make money, they are able to pay for housing, they are able to send their kids to school, they are able, then things start kind of happening. Without a job, without an opportunity for them to show exactly what they can in order to make money, this is going to be impossible. And I say impossible, why? Because the Brazilian government and the Brazilian people, 
don't have to be responsible for these people in terms of we are going to keep up these people, giving them the money, giving them the food, giving them the housing, giving them the, the education. That's not the way I believe things should happen. I believe things should happen in terms of, look, we are going to help you start your life again. Because nobody was going to be happy enough if you don't feel yourself productive. If you don't feel that you are giving to your family exactly what they need in order to survive, to survive, I mean, but with your own hands, you know? So I believe that once these people come here, they want to have the opportunity to work. They want to have the opportunities to make their own money. And then with this money, with this opportunity, with then everything else will happen, you know? But just keeping in mind that Brazilian people and Brazilian government are going to support these people without giving these people the possibilities to run through a job, then I think everything was going to be kind of useless. It's completely pointless because then they are coming here to rebuild what? They are looking after dignity. They are looking for life quality. And they are not begging us, please give us life, give us food, give us health, give us education. No. Once you want to restart your life from the scratch, you want to redesign it. And usually the way people do it is exactly this way. Let me find a job. Let me show other people I can feel myself useful. I can show exactly what I can show others what I can do, you know, and I believe lifestyle, community problems, social problems can all really be different considering this idea in mind. Yeah, I I definitely agree 100% with you because um, even Venezuelan people probably totally agree with you because they're not looking to live in precarious, they're not looking forward to living in zillions or living in camps for their whole lives. They're looking for opportunities. They're looking for ways to go back to the life or create an even better life for themselves. And all they're asking is a chance to do so here in Brazil. And of course, they live in very precarious conditions in Brazil. So um, no one, I uh, believe most of the families that want to stay in that stage forever. And of, you brought up a very good point that is the working field, but I believe that that was the original plan in paper. Like that in paper, everything is very pretty. The idea is very good. Um, however, when put it into practice, um, the Venezuelan people overflowed and then all that happened. Many were in the streets still and they started robbing and that just, it's just like a snowstorm and snowball. It just went rolling and it got bigger and bigger. So Brazilians started not liking Venezuelans. Venezuelans didn't like the situation here. So it all went down. But I think that we should give them another chance or face things differently because if we, if the in the work field, the managers and all those people in charge of giving them jobs um, decide to take advantage of them, they're never going to grow, which is consequently never going to, so the situation is never going to get better. And another point, another thing we should point out in the education specifically shows us how the Brazilians have started not liking their presence because 
um, many Venezuelans actually went to, went to school. They got their degrees. Um, but when being starting to work and getting their jobs, they were denied so, not because they were unqualified, but because they were from Venezuela. Which is also, which, like you said, it's pointless because we're just pushing them to the same situation. They're trying to leave, even though we don't like it either. So it doesn't make sense. <laughs> so it's, of course, it's a delicate, delicate topic. I'm not blaming anyone for not liking them here because, of course, if you, for example, in my house, if I have a person, I'm giving them shelter and they start robbing me, <laughs> I'm not going to like it. But it's a very delicate and we need to take it a lot by the context because there's not, at this point, we need to do something for things to change. Um, so we have a fourth question that's very opinion-based. Um, so what do you think about the Brazilian actions towards the immigrants? Because as we talked before, it's a very delicate topic. So be free to not answer if we want and we'll just cut this part. <laughs> it's okay, Alisa, but do you mind repeating our question since we just had a little bit of interference while you were just uh, asking your question? Okay, um, what do you think um, about Brazilians' actions and maybe disencouragement towards the immigrants in general? I believe that uh, uh, people, especially people from, from Roraima, you know, are kind of a little bit tired of this situation because they have been dealing with this situation all by themselves. And when I say all by themselves, I mean many times without the support of our government, you know, which has been kind of very, very, very careless towards those people. You know, I believe that when people start feeling just on their skin, they just is kind of they just kind of start wearing those shoes of uh, unemployment, of uh, lack of hospitals, lack of health, uh, lack of uh, education, and lack of so many other things. It's not an easy situation being a citizen in a place which is kind of uh, invaded, let's say, by other you know, refugees or whatever they are going to be called in a situation like that, I believe it's not an easy way to say, ah, okay, please come, we are going to be ready to help you, you know? So number one, I think people from Pacaraima specifically, they have been feeling that in a more kind of strong, in a, in, in a kind of a stronger way because of the lack of help, help of our very own government. I believe uh, through our international relationship uh, ministry or any other way that the Brazilian uh, government had to offer more help to their people, to those people, you know, they were going to be able to feel, people from Roraima were going to be able to feel kind of more supported, number one. Number two, I understand that, for example, analyzing our reality here in Curitiba, for example, I've already seen many, 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 many people from Haiti, for example, working around. And I see that our population, for example, they do support these people super well. 
you know they even try to speak english with them sometimes they try to speak french with them many many times they are offered jobs you know because i have been in many places where you can find people from haiti working here they are hard work people again they are not asking for any kind of help other than please give me a job, give me an opportunity for me to restart my life because all of us know exactly what happened in Haiti a few years ago. And uh, I do believe when people kind of put themselves in situations like that, they are just looking for their dignity back. You know, they want to be able, they want to be able to survive. They want to be able to, to give the best to their families. Sometimes they are not even close to their families. We know, again, many, many people from Haiti who came to Curitiba, who end up here in Panama, and they just came here in order to work, to send money over there, you know, to send money to Haiti by the end of the month, you know. These people, sometimes they just don't speak the language, they are away from the, their families, parents who are away from their kids, kids who are away from their parents, you know. And what kind of dignity, again, I ask, what kind of dignity do, do those people have? You know, so I believe that as the big country that we are, yes, we could be making more for them, you know, and it's part of our, it's part of the, probably it could be a collective idea, it could be a word that through action, so it's like the ones that you guys, that you girls are doing now, you know, talking about the problem, encouraging people to help, uh, uh, making people understand that they are not here looking for their money or looking to, you know, any other thing but dignity, you know, offering them opportunities when it's possible. I believe this could be something that all of us could do, you know. So, yes, I do believe the Brazilian government could be doing more about that, but we shouldn't blame the government only, you know. This is, uh, the government is Brazilian, but we are Brazilians as well you know, so it's our job as well to kind of lead the movement through projects as i just said like the ones like this one that you girls are doing now and spreading the word to people look they are human beings just like us probably they were not as lucky as we were you know but uh, we are we are not of course on the top of the world we know but yes we do have conditions to help come on so well, this is my <laughs> because Honestly, there's this is just very hard because I in I believe in my life I try to take all perspectives. Um, it's very hard to see, for example, I'm competing for a job field and or for a job with a Venezuelan, someone who's not from here, and it's hard to see people getting those jobs just because. And I can start blaming them. Oh, just because they're immigrants, they get the job or stuff like that. It's very hard. But we as people, as humans from the same world, um, we need to try to take them with open arms. We need to try to reflect upon the situation because they have history. They have a reason to be here. And of course, I have the right to be offended or to not like the situation. But we all need to try to be the bigger person in this situation and try to look at with um a bigger heart let's say and even the government because of course people are always telling the government what to do and sometimes we forget that it's hard to take all the problems because 
this is not the only problem we're facing. We have so many millions more and the government needs to take care of all of it. They need to handle this, they need to handle borders, they need to handle, there are so many people and so many um, difficulties that sometimes we forget that the action and the, the let's say, the answers may just be within our hands because we make the world, we make our country what it is, not only the president or whatever. So, yeah, um, do you have anything else to say in this concert? Oh, other than thank you so much for inviting me and being so happy to be part of this project, probably saying that collect collectively, we are much, much stronger than our individual actions. You know, so if we probably think in a collective way towards our neighbors, you know, towards our, you know, our friends, our brothers, sisters, and whatever, all of those people are kind of suffering, you know, I believe, as I said before, working collectively, thinking collectively, we can just offer them not completely all, but at least part of their dignity back. I believe we can, we can do it. Yes, so thank you very much, Ms. Kansi, for participating. And once again, if you want to help our cause, go check out VS Network on Instagram. There are so many ways we are trying to help them, and that we would be very thankful for your help. So yeah, that's it. Bye, people. <laughs> Be